You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. When you have access to wealth, um, you can decide what you want to do with your life. Um, you can decide, oh, I want to go get a master's degree. You can decide, oh, I'm going to leave my job in five years. You can decide my children are going to go to Ivy League schools. You know, it just gives you choice. You know, it gives you options. And it also opens up a lot of opportunities um, for you. So today we're going to talk about how you can create wealth. Um, We're also going to talk about practical strategies, you know, for creating wealth. Um, We're going to talk about specific examples, things you can do, you know, with money and with your time um, to create more wealth. Um, But first, we're going to read a scripture because I'm going to be bringing out some lessons from that scripture. So if someone can just find Matthew 25 for me and then read it out. So Matthew 25, 14 to 30. I prefer the New Living Translation. I think it's just easier. So if anyone has the NLT version, uh, who has found it? Matthew 25, Parable of the Talents. So that's from verse 14, I think. So who has it? If you have the NLT, yeah? Okay. Um, Matthew 25 from verse 14 to 30. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in portion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servants with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your look. Here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I, I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they had, sorry, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into um, outer darkness, where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Praise the Lord. Thank you. 
Um, so I'm going to be bringing out lessons from the parable of the talents. But first, I wanted to tell you my story. Um, so I've had a 20-year, well, over 20-year corporate career. Um, and then in that time, I've co-founded three different companies. Now, about 10 years into my career, something happened. I think there was a recession in Nigeria. I can't remember what happened. Maybe the stock market crashed. You know, right now, I, I, I can't remember the details. But there was a recession in Nigeria, and I wasn't paid a salary for six months. Now, in that time, I gave myself brain. I realized if I ever left my job, I would be extremely poor. Because for six months, no income was coming in, and we weren't sure what was going to happen to the economy. Our clients weren't paying us. You know, salaries weren't being paid. And I just, you know, had a light bulb moment. I was like, wow, if anything happens and I'm out of a job, I, have, I haven't been saving. You know, I have, quote and unquote, I don't have multiple streams, you know, of income and all of that. So I said, oh, something, you know, has to give. Something has to happen. And then another thing happened. I now got very angry at God. Because I was like, I've been paying my tithes and my offerings for the last 10 years. I've not, you know, missed, you know, tithes. I'm like, what's happening? I shouldn't be poor now. Something, you know, I should be earning the benefits of my tithes and the benefits of my offering. So, you know, why am I paying tithes? Why am I paying offering? And I'm not really seeing any, you know, sort of return. And then I realized something, you know, very clearly, you know, I had several conversations with God and, and two things, two or three things became very clear to me. And one of those things was that your salary is really not, is not what is going to make you rich. It's just a seed. So salary is just a seed. That income you make every month, it's what you do with that salary by way of investment that determines whether you become wealthy or not. So it's, it's really just a seed. That's, that's what it is. No matter how much you're earning, you know, every month or every year, it's a seed. And it's what you do with it by way of investment that determines whether you're going to be wealthy or not. You know, and then the next thing that God said to me was that your tithes are not going to be miraculously multiplied into money. You know, God is not going to drop $1,000 randomly, you know, from heaven. What your tithe simply does is that it gives you access to wisdom and opportunities. So if you're able to then access that wisdom and access the opportunities, access the grace, then you can turn all of that, you know, into money. So from that time till now, I decided to go on a frenzy of investing. In the first year, I did everything. I invested in real estate. I invested in money market. I invested in cryptocurrency. I lost $1,500 on that. You know, I invested in everything I could imagine because I was determined to learn experientially. So beyond what I had read in the books, beyond, you know, the YouTube videos I had watched, I decided I was going to use my own money, use my own time, and practically invest in so many different you know, opportunities. And that's how I learned. I learned by doing, not just by reading or by hearing or by attending, you know, seminars. So at some point in your investment journey, you're going to require courage. You're going to require bravery. You're going to need to put your own money <laughs> down, you know, so that you can practically learn how to invest. It's not about just giving someone your money and saying, oh, here, you invest on my be behalf. At some point, if you give some, the wrong person your money, you're going to get scammed. 
or at, at best, they're not going to tell you what the true value you know, is. So at some point, you, especially if you're new to investing, you're going to need to do it yourself. Now, um, I need to talk a little bit about, before I go to this slide, due diligence. Now, I found that for a lot of people, you know, sometimes you hear about wonderful investment opportunities, and sometimes they're just a bit lazy. You don't try to find out, you know, who is behind this investment. What are the, do the numbers? I was at Ebano the other day. I saw 50% in six months. I was like, wow, wow, woo. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> You know, I don't want to badmouth any company, but as an investment person, when I read such numbers, you know, I, the first thing I do is my due diligence. And once the first email is not responded to, the second email is not responded to, I make my conclusions. You know, so sometimes you hear all these crazy deals, you hear about all these crazy opportunities, and you don't ask questions. You know, sometimes I check Naira Land. I'm like, have these guys been involved in any scandal before? Because Naira Land will tell me. <laughs> you know, I go on LinkedIn. You know, I ask for their documentation. So sometimes, no matter how wonderful, you know, an investment sounds, if you don't do your due diligence, you don't ask questions, you don't, you know, do the hard work of finding out, then really you shouldn't blame anybody if anything goes wrong, Right? Okay, so I wanted to lay that, that as a foundation because anything I tell you, you must do your due diligence. That's why I'm, you know, saying this gist. <laughs> so if I mention certain companies, because the brief I've been given today is that I must mention practical examples. So please don't take my word for it. Do your due diligence. Okay? Okay, so let's go. So I'm going to talk about Five things, risk, um, education, seed capital, deployment, and documentation. So the first thing is, what's your risk profile like? Now, if you're the kind of person that you don't really like to lose money, your ability to create wealth or your capacity to create wealth is going to be very low. So the lower the risk, the lower you know, the, the, the potential return. So if you look at Nigeria, I hear you guys talked about treasury bills the other day. Right now, treasury bills are about 4 5% per annum, and it's the lowest risk asset you can ever find. It's guaranteed by the federal government. So unless there's a coup in Nigeria, or there's a serious devaluation, or you know, something limits our government's ability to pay, pay its debts, that money to some extent is secure. So low, extremely low risk, but low return. So if you're the kind of person that your risk level is really, really low, and you need to know yourself. So there's a risk profile. If you go to the next one, there's a link that I've put. The next slide. Yeah, so there's a link I've put there. It's a simple test so that you can just you know, find out what your risk profile is. Is it low? Is it medium? Is it high? Find out your risk profile because that would define a lot of the investment decisions that you make. And if your risk profile is low, then what I would suggest is just have a certain percentage that you set aside for investment. So if you say 10% of your salary or 10% of your business income every month, if that's how much you can afford to lose, then stick to that percentage. 
Do you understand? So whatever percentage of you know, capital you set aside for investment should be based on your risk you know, appetite. So if you're low risk, just make up your mind 10%. If 10% goes, after all, I pay 10% tight. So I can just set aside another. <laughs> if that money disappears, I'm okay. <laughs> Do you understand? So that's a way to manage you know, your risk. You know, but please know yourself, you know, so that when you hear all these fantastic investments, 100% in 12 months, you know, if your risk profile is low, then you just be very careful, you know, about such things. Okay, and then the next thing is, are you financially literate? You know, so what do you know? So if you look at the parable of the talents, the master gave each servant according to the level of his ability. So if you don't know anything about how to handle money, anything about how to make um, money, it means that your, your capacity is really, really limited. And as a starter, for those who know absolutely nothing about investment, I've provided some resources in the next slide. So if you've not read The Richest Man in Babylon, that for me is like the basic primer for investment. Just go and read it. It will tell you how to handle debt. It will tell you how to set aside a percentage of your income. That's like the introduction investment 101. And it's, I think it's free. There are PDF copies online. So if you've not read The Richest Man in Babylon, please just go read that. And then once you've read that, another resource that would be very useful to you is the Forbes CFA Investment Course. You know, so that's also another very basic book that just tries to explain you know, what investment is all about. I showed you a video today from YouTube. So YouTube is also another great resource. Just go on YouTube. How do I invest? Investment for dummies. You know, you will get so many free results. What does money market mean? You know, you would get videos. You know, so for those who prefer to learn via video as opposed to reading, YouTube is a wonderful resource. And then I also have an investment course as well that introduces people to investment. So the, you need to learn. So like I did, I spent a year just practically learning before I ever did anything serious, you know, in terms of investment. So take out like six months, just go on a journey of learning, just read as much as you can, watch videos, take notes. Like I said, find out your risk profile. And at the end of like, you know, for some, if you're fast, one month should be okay. But learn about the basics of investment first before you jump into the pool with your hard-end, you know, business income and your hard-end salary, okay? The next thing is you need capital to invest. Now, like I said, your salary can be a source of seed capital. Your business income, maybe 10% or 20% can be you know, a source of seed capital. For some people, you might decide, I want multiple streams of income. So my salary right now, I may not really be able to set aside anything. So I need to earn from other sources. You know, but a word of caution about multiple streams of income. The human mind is like 100%. Let's say your battery is 100%. At some point, if you split yourself into too many places, you're not really going to be efficient at all those things. So you have a full-time job, and then you also make clothes at night, or you have a full-time job, maybe you, you do catering on the weekends, or you have a full-time job, you drive an Uber. Do you, do you understand? So yes, you can combine different things, but 
know what your capacity can handle. So if, for example, you have a job and you come home and you're never tired, it means you have excess capacity. Your job doesn't really require much. So you can add two or three other, you know, side hustles. But if you're the kind of person that, you know, you go to work and at the end of the day you can't even think, you know, then it means your capacity is limited. So, yes, it's good to have side hustles and have multiple streams of income, but sometimes you miss out on becoming an expert, a subject matter expert in what you're doing. So, for example, because I spent 10 years just being focused on work, after that 10 years, I had, I mean, developed so many skills from social media skills, which I'm now using for my investment course, social media skills, so people pay me for social media, you know, promotions and campaigns. I had learned management skills, so I now sit on boards because of the management skills I learned, you know, over 10 years. So sometimes when you're focused on what you do for at least a, a period of time, what you do is that you gain skills that can earn you money later. So you may not be doing multiple streams of income now, but you're deepening your specialization such that in 10 years, you now start having opportunities that you ordinarily wouldn't have had if you hadn't become a subject matter you know, expert. So now I'm doing like two or three different things, but I learned the big chunk of that just focusing on one job. <laughs> do you understand? So now I have options you know, in terms of all the different things that I can, you know, do with my time and the expertise that I've gained. So your seed capital can either come from your salary or your side hustles, but you need money to invest. Without seed, without something, you know, you're not going to be able to, you know, in invest anything. So with that seed capital, there are a number of places where you can, that you can grow it, to really, really effectively invest in Nigeria, that's investing money. Your starting point, you need at least about 50,000 to really make an impact. That means you want to go beyond money market fund, you want to go beyond treasury bills. You know, to really, really... So I would say spend the first six months even building that... Hmm, my earring has come up. Okay. We may not be able to find it at this rate. So spend the first maybe six months just building that initial. So for some of you who earn a really good salary, you already have the 50000 you know, on hand. For some people, you may need to put aside maybe 55000 for 10 months, and then you have the 50,000. So some apps, savings apps will help. Piggy Vest, Carry Vest, that's where you drop all those small, small amounts of money, you know, and just forget it for like six months or 12 months. You know, preferably safe lock, which Piggy Vest has, so that you can't touch the money until, you know, a certain period. But like I said, if you have your 50,000, if you have 100,000 already, you've skipped stage one. Do you understand? But if you don't have that money, please just drop 55000 here, 10000 there, 20000 there, and then at some point you have you know, some bulk seed capital that you can then use to invest, okay? Um, fixed deposit. Piggy Vest right now, I think they were offering, was it 15% for 12 months? I don't know whether they can still sustain that with the money market um, crash. Um, I think carry-wise at some point was like 12. Fixed deposit right now is about 10. Um, 
Then there are some other funds out there that may give you maybe 12. So depending on, you know, your access and your knowledge. Remember, your knowledge determines, do you understand? And then access. Remember I said what God gives you is access and opportunities. So for example, on money market funds, while everybody else is earning seven, I earn 12 simply because I have access. <laughs> do you understand? So your access and your knowledge depend, I mean, determines the kind of opportunities that you get. Okay, so let's start with that. I'm assuming you build that for maybe like five months, six months, and then you have your bulk, you know, money. Okay. So the next thing is how do you deploy? Where do I put this 50,000 naira? Where do I put this 100,000 um, naira? There are two ways you can go. Next, 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 next. Who is doing page down? <laughs> you just press the button. Okay. So there are two ways you can... Um, invest. You either do it yourself. So I have 20 minutes more, right? That's my counter. That's my counter. Okay. So there are two ways you can do it. You either do it yourself. So this is assuming you've done your education right. You've learned about investment. You know what to do. You sorted out your risk profile. You now have courage. Then you're now ready to do it yourself which means that if you lose money in the initial stage, you won't cry. So you've settled that with yourself, okay? Because do-it-yourself means you make more money. You're not paying advisors. Do you understand? You're not paying fees. So if I want to buy stocks and I go to an online platform and I buy it myself, I'm not paying a stockbroker commissions. Do you understand? So doing it yourself means more money comes to you, but it assumes you have the knowledge it assumes you have the time. Do you understand? Because your eye must be on your, <laughs> your money. So it assumes you have extra time you know, to follow up, to make phone calls. All those bankers that like to frustrate people, you, know, you keep calling. Do you understand? So do it yourself is good, more money, but time intensive and dependent on knowledge. Okay? Now, if you can't do it yourself... Um, Okay, so yes, yeah, so I was supposed to give you some examples of do-it-yourself um, uh, platforms. Okay, so money market right now is tracking about maybe 7%, which is below the rate of inflation. So it's really not... I really wouldn't um, advise it unless you just want to use it to diversify your risk, you know, or you make money somewhere else and then you, pack, you just save it after you've made the money somewhere else, you can now store it in money market for safety. Okay? But I, it's not really your primary platform. So if you look at Fridays this day, for those who still read newspapers, you know, there are two pages in Fridays this day that shows you all the money market funds in Nigeria and all their rates. So sometimes when I just want to see everything at a glance... You know, I just go to those two pages in this day, and then I see all the rates. So I know who is paying highest right now, and then I know, you know, the companies and, and all of that. So sometimes money market is good just, to, you know, as a safe place to store your funds once you've invested it in, you know, other places. And like I said, places, and like I said, your principal is guaranteed. You're not going to have to worry. You know, the only risk to you is Nigeria risk, which is really high, but, you know, let's just take it like that. So... That it's your principal is guaranteed. Um, agriculture, there are a lot of all these agri-tech firms that are, 
you know, coming up, like the one I saw at Ebano, you know, all these companies just promising you all sorts of things. They are convenient in the sense that you can sit down behind your computer, pay with your card, and then in six months, your money just miraculously drops in your bank account. So it's, you don't need a lot of work. You know, it's easy, it's convenient. They collect your money, use it for farming activities, use it to fund, you know, different farms, you know, and then at the end of the farming cycle, they then, you know, give you your money um, back. But due diligence is key, okay? So please, if you're going to do um, agri-tech, it's, it's good for people who have like, you know, 50,000 to 100,000. You know, some of those companies even collect 20,000, you know, and then the returns are not bad. You know, you can get between 20 and 40% per annum. So it's not really, you know, bad, you know, as, as a good start. You know, I think that that's extremely high. There's, there are very few countries where you can get that kind of, you know, return over a year. But please do your due diligence. Some of the companies say they have insurance, but they don't. You know, so, you know, just make sure you research, Google them, see what people are saying about them on Naira land. You know, have they defrauded anybody? Are they owing anybody? You know, just, you know, do your, your due diligence, you know, um, before you invest in those companies. But yes, 20% to 40% is really good. And if you can start with as low as 20,000, I think that's also... Um, very good. Character and competence matter. So sometimes, even if the company is okay, I mean, is 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 okay. Sometimes I like to look at who are the people running. I'm still on the previous. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes I like to look at the people behind the companies. You know, who are the people running? You know, because sometimes when money starts coming into a new organization, it, it kind of changes the dynamics. So some of these agri-tech firms, when they started, they were really small. They were really begging people to invest. Now, some of them have grown you know, really big. They're, they're collecting billions in investment. So sometimes I like knowing who is behind the company. You know, does this person have character? You know, as this person makes money, you know, will the values of the company still you know, be sound? Um, what was number three before we went to four and five? So real estate is also an, another good, um, good thing. So by the time you get to 250000 you know, you can actually start investing in real estate. There's land in Ogun State. You know, it doesn't have to be Lagos. <laughs> you know, there's land. I mean, there's some land I bought in Ogun State for 245000 you know, per plot. And it's right on that road that leads to Dangote's you know, cement factory. There's a university that is opening, you know, at the other side of the road. Then Lafarge and GT Bank are 15 minutes away. So there are some of these deals that you will find that really with 245,000, 250,000, you can actually buy land. You know, so I'm, I've left 50,000 and 100,000. I've moved, you know, to 250. So real estate is also another good, at least you have it's something you can touch. You know, it's a real asset that in 18 years, when your children are going to school, that's a college trust fund right there. You know, so for a lot of people who are young, you're not married, or maybe you're just about to have children, I always advise real estate because you have time for it to appreciate in value. So if you're looking for something that you can use to send your children to school, you know, I will always advise, we just start buying now, and then by the time your kids are 18 and about to go to university, you can cash in at that point and use that as the college um, trust fund, okay? 
So what's next? But please, for real estate, use a lawyer. It costs, I think, to review a document, maybe like 25000 or something. You know, please get a lawyer to review your documentation, to do your due diligence. Go and check that the land actually exists. Do you understand? So please don't get involved in real estate without having 25000 to review a document, which is why we're now at the 250000 stage, Okay. Capital markets, for those who want to invest in stocks, um, I like the fact that there are a lot of platforms now. Shaka, Bamboo, RiseVest, there are all these platforms that allow you to buy dollar stocks. So you're not just limited um, to Nigeria. So for people you know, who are really interested in you know, buying stocks, you want a piece of Microsoft, you want a piece of Google, maybe not Google, Google is over $1,000, but you want a piece of... You know, <laughs> You know, you want a piece of Apple, you know, you, I'm not sure you want a piece of Berkshire Hathaway, that's 324000 <laughs> you know, but, you know, you just want a piece of all these, you know, foreign stocks, then those platforms now allow Nigerians, you know, to buy, you know, foreign stocks. So, you know, usually for stocks, I would say um, there's, a, there's a technique called dollar cost averaging, where you just buy the same amount every month. So you're not having to watch the market. You just identify which stocks are likely to be here for the next 50 years. You know, and some of us can kind of guess which companies are, like, are well run <laughs> and are likely to be around for 50 years. So you just put the same amount. So you don't even worry about whether the stock is high or low. You don't need to bother. Just put the same amount every month at the same, on the same date every month. So in the months that the price is low, you have more. And then, of course, in the months that the price is high, you have left. And everything then averages out over time. So that's why it's called dollar cost um, averaging. So that's for people who don't really have time to be reading research reports, following quarterly earnings calls. You know, you just want value. Which stocks are likely to be here when my children are going to university? So 18 years, you know, pick 10 or five, <laughs> and just put the same amount every month in those stocks and leave, the, leave those stocks for like 18 years. You know, I have 10 on my list. Microsoft, of course, is on that list. I think they would be here. <laughs> you know, Apple is on that list. You know, so just pick based on whatever values you assign. Pick top 10 international stocks that you can afford and then just drop, you know, money every month. Okay. Where are we? Okay, venture funding. Please, don't try venture funding unless you, you can afford to lose money. Please. Only one in ten businesses you know, is likely to succeed. So it means you must have money to invest in ten, hoping that maybe two <laughs> will cover the cost of the whole ten. Do you understand? So when someone comes to you and says, I have a business idea, please especially if you've not run a business before and you don't even know anything about that industry. You know, that's not the time to be forming big boy or big girl. Just say no. <laughs> you know, but when you then have the money to do 10, then you're hedging your risk that, okay, at least out of that 10, maybe two, you know, would, would become, you know, really valuable. You know, so please stay away from venture funding unless you have money you can afford to lose. Okay. So if you can't do it yourself, then have others do it for you. But having others do it for you assumes you now have money. 
That's the challenge. So between zero Naira to 20 million Naira, chances are you need to do it yourself. Just set out time, yes, 20 million Naira. You know, so for you to qualify for wealth management in Nigeria, you need 20 million. So just assume you're going to be doing it yourself for a while. <laughs> do you understand? You know, because at that point, then 2% of your assets go to your wealth manager. So remember I said, if you can't do it yourself, you pay someone to do it, you know, for you. So at that point, you're so busy, you have so much money, you can afford to give 2% to someone who is now managing. They just send you a monthly report. <laughs> you're still rich. <laughs> you know, that's, that's it. Okay, so for now, do it yourself. A cheaper way is cooperatives. So you come, you know, a couple of friends come together to say, let's just form a cooperative, invest together like a savings club. You know, so that way you're using each other's, you know, you know knowledge, access, network. So that's a cheaper way, you know, for you to share the burden. So you don't necessarily need to do it yourself completely. You now have friends, people you trust, you know, like five of you can come together and say, oh, let's start a savings club, let's start a, a cooperative. So that's another way. So that way you're not having to pay a wealth manager per se, and you don't need 20 million naira. You can start with 100,000. Do you understand? So that's also another way um, to get help. Okay? And then please document everything. Document everything. Don't give verbal instructions and don't take verbal um, confirmation. Anytime you invest anywhere, no matter, even if it's a close friend, you know, please document everything. Get a contract, you know, get someone to look at that contract for you. Like I said, as you have more money, just be setting aside your money for your lawyer to review, you know, document everything. Also, because if anything happens to you, especially those who are married, you just want someone to know where your assets are. Okay? So, you know, if you're married, if you have children, ideally you should have a will, you should have an asset register online that you keep updating just in case your will is out of date. You know, so just keep, anytime you, you know, invest in something new, just update the spreadsheet. I've just invested in this company. This is the contact number. This is how much I have there. Do you just keep updating so that if anything happens to you, your family, you know, um, has access to, you know, all that information and, and all that um, documentation. Okay, so let's, let's do a short recap before I take questions. If you're just starting, build your seed capital. And I've said you can use PiggyVest, CarryWise, fixed deposits, money market fund, anything that can help you just drop 5,000 here, 10,000 there, 20,000 there, you know, 30,000 there, until you have like 50 to 100,000 um, to really, um, you know, put some serious money down. So start with that. And while you're building that seed capital, like I said, start getting your education, start reading about investing, watching videos, attending courses, whatever you need to do within that time while you're building your seed capital. Please, you know, just focus on education. Now, when you get to 50,000 or 100,000, you're now ready to invest in other things. And like I said, there are different, you know, um, things you can invest in. There's agri-tech, which falls within that range, 50 to 100,000. And then you can diversify your risk as you make money, put, 
hide that money in a money market fund. Do you understand? So that you don't keep taking unnecessary risk. You know, so invest, save, invest, save. And then by the time you get to like 250000 yes, you're ready for real estate, especially in places like, you know, places outside Lagos that have very good um, prospects. You can begin to, you know, put some money in real estate, especially if you have a very long horizon, you're investing for your family, you know, you can begin to look at value stocks. That's also very long horizon. For the next 18 years, you, you're not really going to touch that money. You just want to keep, you know, building wealth five years, 10 years, just keep building, you know, that wealth. So real estate um, equities are really a good bet at that stage. By the time you then start making millions, just scale it up. Do more real estate. Just keep scaling it up. Do more equities. At this point, you can also start negotiating directly with farms. You don't need to go through agri-tech companies. By the time you have millions, you can talk to a farm directly. You know, have your lawyer review an agreement and they pay you directly. So you cut out the middleman, you know, and make more money, you know. So that's just a simple, you know, formula in terms of how you can turn your seed capital. And like I said, if you don't have the capacity for multiple streams of income, there's nothing wrong um, with multiple streams of income, but be sure you have capacity um, and then you also have business savvy, you know, so you know how to make money. <laughs> Do you understand? But if you know you don't have business savvy, you don't have capacity, deepen your expertise. By the time you deepen your expertise, opportunities will come to you because you're a subject matter expert in what you do. If you do that for a while, opportunities, you know, will then come to you. Okay, so questions, questions, questions. You can go to the last slide. So for anyone who wants to send me additional questions at the end of this, um, whatever, you can send me an email. Questions. Okay, so thank you so much. That was extremely helpful, very informational. Let's give her a round of applause, guys. I feel like I just went through a mini, not even a mini, a micro, no, that's still mini, macro, <laughs> macro finance, personal finance class. Thank you so much. So I'm going to ask the first question and then open the floor for three additional questions. So please start thinking through your questions. But towards the end of your talk, you started or you touched on the idea of investing for your goals or your horizon. So some of us, okay, you know what, let's just try and do some quick math here. Who here is above 35? Not trying to age, okay, so we have someone who's above 35. Excuse me, I think, I think, I think you're about 40. Are you? <laughs> just kidding. Okay, so we have one person who's above 35, so I guess we're all probably between age 25 to 35. So let's say average age is 30. So if I'm a 30-year-old living in Lagos, what should my horizon, like what kind of, what, what should my financial goals be? And then how can I invest to meet those financial goals? Okay, the first thing is you need to escape the poverty trap. Mm -hmm. um, that means you're earning enough every year to meet your operational expenses. Operational expenses are um, transport, telephone, uh, food, you know, just daily expenses. So once you get to the point where the money you're making from your investment is enough to take care of all those operational expenses, you've escaped the poverty trap. It means every other money you earn thereafter is wealth. You're not using it for telephone bill. You're not using it for, you know, transport. 
every other money you make at that point becomes wealth, okay? It takes an average, um, there's a compound calculator I should share, so maybe we'll put it on Facebook or something, I don't know. It takes about four years to do that. So the minimum amount of time it takes to escape the poverty trap, if you save about 20% of your income every month, is four years. Wow, so 2024. Do you understand? So it means no matter how old you are or how young, you, for that four-year period, you must go through it. You can speed up the time by saving 50%, 70%. So if you wow. live at home, you live with your parents, you're not paying rent, do you understand? Or you have a roommate, you guys are sharing rent. That's a way you can save on your expenses. So you have more money to invest. So you speed up the clock. Do you understand? So, but just on average, if you're setting aside maybe 20% of your income, just on investment, and you're not going to touch that money for four years because it must compound. So there can be no emergency. If you have emergency, you're starting again. So you must really be disciplined for the next four years. You cannot touch that money. So in four years, what will happen is that you start earning you know, commensurate to your salary. It becomes a snowball effect. Every month, you just keep earning, you know, whatever it is you were earning as your initial. So as, let's, and you're assuming it, there's no inflation, no? <laughs> so maybe you, it might be safer to set aside 40 oh, just gosh. to take care of inflation. But what the point I'm just trying to make is for, you need that initial four-year period of compounded returns to escape the poverty trap, to give yourself a monthly income from your investments. Do you understand? Once you break that four-year four period, every other money you make, every other salary you make just becomes wealth. You can do whatever you want to do thereafter. Do you understand? But at least you have some income that is coming in that you can use for your um, operational expenses. So, yeah. Okay. So, four years. Fantastic. So, hashtag Team 2024. Who's with me? Anyone? Okay, cool. <laughs> Great. So questions. You have a question. Okay. So that's when you start hearing people say they're not working for money. All right. It's at that point. So I am not working for money again. Must be nice. So it's at that point that you know you, have, you really have choice. You can decide, I'm not going to work today. It's like, <laughs> it's like I can just take like one year off to travel the world, you know. So that's when, because really, you don't need to work to pay your bills. Your investments are just working in the background. It's like, you don't think about it. So every salary, every speaking engagement I go for, every salary I earn is just wealth. Do you understand? I can decide what I want to do with it. So that for, I would rather you sacrifice. Take it seriously. Do you understand? Instead of buying food from outside, take food from home. <laughs> Live with your parents. There's no rush. <laughs> Do you understand? Sacrifice. Just close your mind for four years. I'm going to sacrifice just so that I can escape poverty. Okay? All right. Yeah. Yes. Um, I want to actually talk about, um, you said something on um, if you can't do it, someone yes, can actually someone to do, do it, it for you. Yeah. So um, how about in forex trading, for instance, because uh, I've been into it for some time. Yeah. So... Uh, is it really advisable, like, once the ROI comes, you tend to reinvest it into it, or you should cash it out and put it aside? Because 
uh, I'm a kind of extreme saver, like, <laughs> so I can actually put uh, 80% of my salary into Forex and just forget it there. That is, that is me. But I've not been able to, like, um, um, learn the major aspect of it, like, let me do it Okay, on someone my own. is so doing it for you. Someone is doing it for Please me. Please cash so. out on time. <laughs> That's my honest advice. You know, the statistics show that only 1% of Forex traders really make money after the second year. This is stats. So if someone is on a lucky streak and has been on a lucky streak for you for a while, carry that money and run. That's, that's just my advice. And diversify that income quickly. <laughs> so if you're risking 80% of your money on one investment, that's, that's extreme. That's really, really extreme. You need to diversify. So please cash out very quickly. Maybe you should leave like 20% so that if you lose that one, you won't cry. <laughs> you know, but cash out and diversify your income. Put it in other, other things, especially because you're not the one trading. You know, so you're, you're trading based on somebody else's credibility, some, somebody else's luck. Do you understand? So I'm, I'm not sure it's very, very... Safe. I never invest in something I don't understand. So even if I'm going to get someone to do it for me, I understand it. So you can't cheat me. <laughs> I understand it. So even if I'm going to, I mean, I was looking yesterday, I tweeted, I was asking, oh, what, what's the commission for stockbrokers? Because I need a stockbroker right now. But because I've bought stocks myself, do you understand? I've traded stocks myself. So even if I'm going to get a stockbroker, I know what the margins are. I know how the cycle goes. So you can't cheat me. You can't tell me my stocks are lost, you know, somewhere, <laughs> you know. So if, if you're, even if you're going to give someone your money to invest, please learn about it first. Be able to do it first. Then you can tell when there's danger because you're already plugged into the market. So you know you know, what's going on. You can quickly pull out, you know, if, if there are danger signals. But please diversify. Don't put 80% of your income in one. Um, it's too, too, too dangerous. Cash out, cash out within the next one month, please. Okay, thank you very much okay. for, for talking about everything you're talking yeah. about. Okay, so for compound um, investment, I've read about it. I've done some compound yeah. calculation myself. And I've tried to find a bank or an investment that does compound savings. So can you please expand on that? Okay, that's just savings alone. Savings Any money market fund will compound your savings. Okay, so, I currently have a money market yeah. fund and the returns are very Yes, no, because it's 7 low. like 6% right now. So it's very low. So that's why I always advise make money somewhere else and then just put it there for safe keeping. But that's not your primary investment vehicle. It's just so that at least it's safe. <laughs> You know, after you've made money, so there you're going. There are not that many. In fact, I don't even think there's any other investment vehicle right now in Nigeria that does um, come. Usually, you roll it over. So maybe you finished investing for like twelve months, then they'll give you the option of. But it's not compounded from month to month. You usually have to wait till the end, then roll it over for the next maybe six months or next. So there's, I, I don't think there is. I think Money Market is the only one I've come across that does a daily um, compounded um, return or sometimes monthly, depending on which organization you put your, your money in. Yeah. All right. Any other questions? 
Um, this is my first time here. Welcome. Sorry, um, then this is not my first time here. Mm -hmm. My second branch is at Maryland, okay. this church. Oh, that's good. Uh, I just wanted to ask you about this kind of business you are talking about, but because I can't really understand because okay. I'm looking for a job. Okay. Yeah, so get it. I mean, if if you're you need a job at this point, then you can't be talking about investment because you need seed capital. Money must be coming from somewhere. So if you need a job, then that's really what you should be focused on right now. You know, none of this investment talk will really um, benefit you at this point. And well, that, how can I do it about this? I didn't understand about the business you're talking about. I, I haven't talked about a business idea, have I? No, we're not talking about business ideas. No, we're talking about how to invest the money you already have. So until you get a job before you can even start thinking about investment. Yeah, we're not talking about business ideas today. Okay. Fantastic. Any final burning questions? You could also send your questions to Shubumi. I believe that's Shubumi Plumter at gmail.com. Gmail yeah. So if you, have, um, okay. if you want to send me an email or ask more questions, but please have it at the back of your mind if there are no other questions. Four years, um, just take out that time, sacrifice, do whatever you need to do. Um, eat out less, you know, go out less if you need to. Whatever you need to do to save money so that you have more money to um, invest. Just target no less than 20% because the, the less you save, the longer it's going to take you. So if you can crash that period to maybe like two years, you know, then that would be, yeah, you want it to? Yeah, it's, it's really up to you. So at the beginning, I focused a lot on agriculture. And that was because I had access to you know, direct farm um, contracts. So initially, I started with, with agri-tech. And thankfully, I was one of the first people to invest in agri-tech. So before everybody crowded in and the rates um, crashed. Um, so at the time I invested, I mean, I was routinely you know, getting some serious returns every year. You know, and then I now had access to you know direct farm engagement. So I did a lot of um, agriculture to begin with. Um, so for me, I think the prospects in agriculture right now are very good because of the border closure. Um, so a lot of farms are doing domestic production. So there's now a lot of you know interest in farming. There's a lot of money you know in farming. But the most important thing is do your due. Um, diligence. That's you cannot overestimate it. It's it's really really. You know, I'd rather get a lower return and invest with people I trust. You know, than go for a higher return and the deal is looking a bit shoddy. You know, so please, I, I would say agriculture is a good um, bet. I also did some real estate, but for me that was just long term. I couldn't really compound that, so you know, it wasn't really useful to me. But Agriculture at the end of every eight months, every twelve months, I could you know just roll it over and start again, you know. So that that I would would say is is a very good bet. Okay. Yes. Someone at the back. I have six minutes, I think. The other thing I did, I don't really want to advise it. So, 
I used to be a cryptocurrency trader, you know, but it's high risk, so the, I, I don't advise it, you know, because I remember I said the first, first uh, six months of trading, I lost $1,500, so I don't, I don't advise it for, you know, it's something that if you don't have the talent for it, if you don't have the time, um, it's extremely high risk, you know, so my risk profile is high, <laughs> you know. But I gauged my risk that, okay, this is the amount I can afford to lose. And I didn't go beyond that amount, you know. So, yeah. Good evening. Yeah. Yeah, um, I want to ask a question. Yeah. Um, what if you have your own business? Yeah. And um, because I was told that, okay, maybe when you have your own business, instead of... Um, investing in other people's business why don't you invest in yourself and um, maybe expand your business mm -hmm. or something so that's what I was okay um what if your business is not a high growth business then it means and also you're not diversifying your risk you know all your eggs are in one basket if you remember the video we watched at the beginning so investing in your business, what you're saying is organic growth. You want to build your business to the point where it has the capacity to pay you in future. That's good, but diversify your risk. Still take 20% of your income and invest somewhere else. Do you understand? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Diversify, you know, just in case anything happens to that business. Then you're not crying, you know, at the end of the day. Okay, so let's um, say a quick word of prayer. Um, so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. I commit your children unto you. I ask that you give them wisdom to create wealth, wisdom to make the right decisions, wisdom to be discerning, to know what is real and what is a scam. Give them direction, give them access, give them networks. Let them hear of deals and opportunities that are not readily available to others. Help them to be in places where they can meet people and forge networks that can help them on their journey to wealth. Give them friends, give them people that they can invest with, that they can do business with, so that they can multiply their income, multiply their capacity. For those who need multiple sources of income, so they're not yet at the point where they can afford to invest or afford to set out, set aside a percentage of their income. They need more money. Father God, I ask that you open up their eyes of understanding. Help them to see where the opportunities are. Help them to see what they can do with their talents and with their gifts. Help them to package those gifts and those talents into business ideas business proposals, and business propositions. Give them all the resources that they need, whether it's a word of advice, whether it's seed funding from a friend, seed funding from a family member, whatever it is that they need. Father God, I ask that you make it available to them. I ask that, Father, you give some people courage. Some people have the funds to invest, but they're so afraid. They're so used to hiding their talents, digging it into the ground, hiding it under the mattress. Give them courage to take that first step to invest so that they can begin to create um, wealth and begin to multiply 
that wealth. Father God, I ask that you just bestow knowledge and opportunities on everyone that is in this room. That in the next one year, two years, three years, four years, that with discipline, courage and commitment, that in the next four years we shall hear testimony, testimonies of people who are here who have escaped the poverty trap. People who are now earning enough from their returns on investment to be able to choose what they want to do in life. Father God, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.